It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the podcast formerly known as Access Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. You may have noticed the name on our logo has changed a little bit. That's just a placeholder because we are currently developing a brand new show that will have a new name and a new sound. We will be working on getting that right this summer. In the meantime, we'll be revisiting some of our favorite interviews from our first four years. As we do that, we'll continue our mission to get you ready for the weekend with a roundup of some of the fun, entertaining, and educational things to do in and around Atlanta in the coming days. Let's get started with a couple of those upcoming events. After two COVID-19 canceled installments, FS is currently back on track for three full days of music and art for all ages this weekend from June 24th through the 26th. To the casual observer, AFFest is merely another annual gathering of live performances, art markets, and food vendors. But AFFest Educates is a benevolent group that offers essential support for music and arts education for Athens area youth throughout the year. Find out more about both AFFest and AFFest Educates in Thursday's Living section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at AJC.com. After more than two grueling years of the COVID-19 pandemic, five years ago can seem like the distant past. If you walked the Atlanta Beltline back then, you might remember the Eastside Trail as a bustling street art venue. By contrast, you might have been the only person walking on the sparsely muraled Westside Trail, surrounded by drab, graffiti-tagged warehouses. That's all changed. West is now the new East. A proliferation of street art and foot traffic makes the West Side Beltline Trail a true art destination rivaling the East Side. Read more about the art you'll find on the West Side Trail in a story on AJC.com, thanks to our partners at Arts ATL. Stay tuned for more events later in the podcast, and after the featured conversation, we'll take a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, let's revisit a podcast from 2019 when we investigated Atlanta's barbecue scene in our spring dining guide. To go along with that, we talked to former AJC writer Jim Moody, author of Smoke Lore, A Short History of Barbecue in America, about historic Atlanta barbecue landmarks and regional barbecue styles influencing local restaurants. Also, award-winning food writer and critic Wendell Brock joined food, dining, and living editor Lagaya Figueres to discuss their barbecue road trip, as well as the various sauces, sides, pies, banana pudding, and yes, Brunswick stew they came across. 
And keep in mind that the interview we're about to hear is from nearly three years ago, so any dates and events that may come up are in the past. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison, and this week I have once again our dining editor, Lagaya Figueres. Hello, Shane. How are you? I'm great. And you have just recently had an assignment that many people are probably going to be very envious of. Yes, barbecue. Yeah, everybody loves barbecue. Well, you know, those of us who aren't you know, vegetarians, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You can get some pretty good smoked sides sometimes right? that are vegetarian. Yeah. But yeah. yes, this is mainly for the meat lovers. Yeah. Yeah. And Atlanta has some passionate meat lovers. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you know, it's a national thing. Even though you know, people often Absolutely. think of you know the South and all that, but you know, everybody loves barbecue. There are barbecue restaurants everywhere. That's now. right. That's right. It's not just a Southern thing. Yeah. But we we do love our barbecue oh, yeah. here. So yeah. So and this uh, this goes with our spring dining guide. Right. So the theme of the spring dining guide. It is barbecue, and um, my team and I just looked around not only uh, inside Atlanta, but, you know, throughout, um, actually, uh, various parts of Georgia. Right. And it was really interesting what we learned. Now, the the premise, however, is the Atlanta barbecue scene, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to say metro Atlanta, has really exploded. Right. Um, Even in the past few years, but probably the last 10 is just, uh, it's really come into its own. Right. Yeah, I know it used to feel like, you know, there were some pockets uh, around that that didn't even have a barbecue restaurant nearby, but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. It's like almost everyone has something really close now. That's true. And when we're talking about, yes, the quantity of uh, barbecue restaurants in Atlanta has increase, but also the quality coming out of these barbecue places is fabulous. Yeah, people are taking more chances, I guess. I think so, yeah. I mean, and you see so many different styles represented, many hybrid styles. Right. Um, You see sort of uh, next generation, um, you know, pit masters coming out. We see uh, chef-driven operations as well. So, yeah, there's a lot to to appreciate about our scene right right now. Right, and it's also getting recognized more by, you know, like the mainstream of, of you know, uh, critics and, and things like that, where it's, it used to be, you know, not something, it wasn't fine dining, so it didn't get the respect, maybe. That That's right. Um, we mention in the guide Brian Furman, right. who is the um, owner, pitmaster of Bees Cracklin Barbecue, which... Um, have unfortunately suffered a fire in March that closed it down. But Brian has had some uh, numerous accolades that right. have come his way. Um, he is one of Food & Wine's best new chefs this yeah. year. And, you know, he's one of 10. And, and actually, when I was speaking with him, and this is the first time in 31 years that they've recognized a pitmaster. Wow. So, right, you have this nationally respected culinary magazine finally giving some uh, credence to, right. to, to the pitmasters. Right. So, you know, and he was also uh, named a semifinalist for the James Beard uh, Best New Chefs in the region. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's a great time to be a pitmaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Dining Guide uh, is also, we're going to have uh, here in, in the podcast, you talk to a couple of folks. Well, you talk to uh, Jim Alkmoody, who is a Correct. former colleague here at the AJC. He yes. has a new book. He has a new book. It's called Smoke Lore, um, coming out in May. And uh, Jim is 
such a barbecue authority. Right. So we couldn't do this guide without him. And uh, Jim explored both the Georgia identity of barbecue. Like, what is that? Does does Georgia have a barbecue mm-hmm. identity? And um, and he is also the curator for the exhibit that's currently on display at the National History or the Atlanta History Center, which is called Barbecue Nation, and right. that'll be ongoing through September. Uh, it's a wonderful exhibit if folks haven't seen it. Definitely worth the time. Um, yeah, and then uh, folks are going to be able to listen to Wendell Brock, who is my fellow dining critic here mm-hmm. at the, with the AJC. And he and I put uh, a fair amount of time driving around <laughs> uh, highways and byways and right. back roads uh, to to seek out a little bit of barbecue further away from yeah. Atlanta. Well, there's so many like hidden jewels that people might not know about you know i'm sure the locals around there know about them but you know um, we're going to tell people about some of those hidden spots right absolutely (laughs) time for a road trip (laughs) nothing better than barbecue and a road trip it is yeah and there's something about eating barbecue in the middle of nowhere that's uh, fabulous i don't know I, i really love it Oh, I love it. I love it in the country, and I love it in the city. I'll take yep. it any which way. No matter where you are, barbecue is very tasty. Yes. <laughs> so eat up on barbecue. Uh, so is there anything else we need to cover? I think we're good. Let's go have some barbecue. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Lagaya, for uh, joining us and bringing us this uh, very tasty story. My pleasure. Anytime. <laughs> And uh, let's hear from uh, the other folks, uh, Jim Altmoody and Wendell Brock, uh, on barbecue. There's no better time to be a barbecue lover in Atlanta. The scene has exploded in the last few years with more options than ever. In our spring dining guide, we explore the local barbecue landscape. And among the stories you'll find in the guide is one written by former AJC editor and reporter and barbecue authority Jim Akmudi. Jim is the co-author of The Ultimate Barbecue Sauce Cookbook and the author of Smoke Lore, A Short History of Barbecue in America, to be published this month by UGA Press. In addition, he served as a consulting curator for the Barbecue Nation exhibit on display through September at the Atlanta History Center. Jim is with me today in the studio to talk all things barbecue. Jim, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Lagai. It's a pleasure. Great. All right. So let's start from the very beginning. You have been a barbecue aficionado for decades, and I just want to hear a little bit about what sparked your love of barbecue. Why this passion for barbecue? Where did it come from? Well, I'm a Georgia boy. I mean, you, you have to love barbecue. Now, my earliest barbecue memories were going to this drive-in in South Decatur. It was called Lefty's Drive-In, named for a semi-pro baseball pitcher, uh, Lefty. Um, and it was it was a classic old 50s drive-in. And we, my mother used to take the kids there, and we would get curb service. And it would take forever, it seemed like to me, at six years old, for the sandwiches to get out there. And, and, and all that time, you're smelling the pork cooking on the hickory pit. And I just, I mean, it, it's actually one of my earliest, most vivid memories of a, of a food just driving me crazy. Driving uh, you crazy? Dri- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the other thing is that I also have a very uh, a long family tradition uh, with this. On my father's side, 
Uh, my great-grandfather in Bartow County, Georgia, was a noted pitmaster. My grandfather was certainly a noted pitmaster, Bob Ockmoody. He was written up in the Saturday Evening Post in 1954 in an article they did about Southern barbecue called Dixie's Most Disputed Dish. They just happened to set it at a barbecue in Bartow County that my grandfather was the pitmaster for, the U. Harley Farmers Club. Wow, that's fascinating. So you're like barbecue royalty, I guess. Well, I don't know if I'm royalty, but we, you know, the thing is, is I have a very deep personal connection uh, to it. A lot of people in Georgia and in the South do, and and frankly, a lot of people in America do. I mean, I think it's truly our most national, most American food. So now let's fast forward, you know, 25 years to, uh, to 2019. What do you notice about the barbecue landscape in, in Atlanta, and what excites you right now about the current scene? I think we have everything. I think that uh, there are a wide variety of styles in Atlanta. A great many of the really good barbecue places have opened up in the last 10 years. Uh, you, you know, probably uh, one of the best places, which burned a month ago, was Bees Cracklin in northwest right. Atlanta. Right. And he's a South Car- Brian Furman's a South Carolinian by way of Savannah. And he has a certain way that he cooks that... Uh, is not actually exactly the way they did it in the Georgia Piedmont. Uh, the Fox Brothers, who are Texans, uh, are pro- probably run the most popular barbecue restaurant in Atlanta, and, mm-hmm. and they come at it from a very Texas sort of uh, viewpoint, although they've adapted a lot of Georgia stuff. Uh, you know, Heirloom Market Barbecue uh, up on Acres Mill Road is, uh, everybody knows about them. They're really good. They've got that kimchi coleslaw that they right. put on their pork sandwich, right. which is such a great combination. Oh, yeah. Well, it, 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 that's one is fascinating just because you do have this Korean inflection in the meat and the sides. Yes. Delightful. No, it is delightful. And, uh, and you, know, there, you know, there's a bunch of places that have opened up that I think are good and do certain things well. I mean, I think Dixie Q up in Brookhaven is good. Uh, Community Q is a little bit older, but it's still very good. They use a gas hybrid smoker, and when they have somebody running the smoker who wants to use more wood, it's very good. When they have a lighter touch, not so good. Well, you know, interesting that you mentioned Dixie Q. One of the things that we've seen just in the last, um, I guess, year-ish or so are chef-driven places. Yep. Dixie Q is one of them. That's um, Scott Serpa's. We have, you know, General Muir folks coming up with wood, their... Uh, wood, what is it? Woods, uh, Woods Chapel? Woods Chapel. Yeah, I'm looking right? forward to that. You know, and even somebody like Sean Doty, who has some fine dining places has gotten into the act with his King Barbecue, mm-hmm. um, which has recently moved and is opening up in uh, in Buckhead originally. I mean, you know, it was over in uh, Avalon. But those are just three of a number. So that's kind of an interesting subtrend within um, the barbecue scene in Atlanta right now. Well, the two things that have really driven the growth of really good barbecue, not just in Atlanta, but in a lot of cities around the country in the last 10 years, one of them has been the popularity of the cook-off circuit. A lot of fine barbecue places have been opened up by people who did well as hobbyists cooking. Uh, you know, uh, Sam's Barbecue One in East Cobb is a good example of that. Sam, oh, yeah. Sam many, many trophies when you sit down at that place. They Sam, just line the wall. Sam Huff was a lawyer who got into barbecue as a hobby and became so good at it, he became Mr. Barbecue. Um, and then the other thing are these chef-driven, uh, what I call craft barbecue. Uh, it's it's the uh, rediscovery of traditional barbecue craft that's driven a lot of the restaurants. Those two things have really been responsible for the renaissance of barbecue in the last 10 years in America, I think. That's really uh, interesting. Now, let's talk a bit about uh, regional styles because folks typically say, okay, there's the big four, right? Texas, North Carolina, 
Memphis, and uh, Kansas City. So let's talk about what does, does Georgia have an identity? And um, if so, you know, what is that? You're a Georgia boy, so. Georgia definitely has an identity, but it took me a long time to sort of recognize it. I kind of wrestled with this question. Number one, that whole shorthand about the four regional styles is pretty much a creation of journalists who had to write about uh, barbecue and oversimplify it. So, so I take some responsibility for it. I certainly, <laughs> used, I certainly used that back in the 90s and all it's that. It's all when your fault, Jim. But, but there, of course, the world of barbecue in America is much more diverse than that and much more uh, – there, there are a lot more regional styles. Uh, it isn't just those four places. And when we talk about those four places, one of the things that we really overlook is the degree to which the Deep South is one vast barbecue hotbed that's built on pork. It really denigrates Georgia and Alabama, which are two of the best barbecue states in the United States. Georgia's style, particularly the Piedmont, Georgia, the the Atlanta, uh, northern section of Georgia, our style is chopped pork, usually a shoulder, sometimes a ham, served with a a red tomato-based sauce that has a lot of vinegar in it, and it is usually served with a side of Brunswick stew. This is the part of it that I was so obvious to me that I didn't actually sort of enunciate it. Brunswick stew is a really huge thing in my family. We're stew makers going back into the 1800s. I just sort of took it for granted that everybody knew Georgia barbecue was about Brunswick stew. But when you really think about it, and when I was talking to some other people, they said the single most distinguishing thing about barbecue culture in Georgia is that Brunswick stew is a big part of it. Yes, uh, having only moved here about three and a half uh, years ago, that's when I first tasted Brunswick stew is here here in Georgia. Never had it in my life before. Well, I mean, it's really only found in, in large, uh, it's really only predominant in three states, Virginia, North Carolina, and Georgia. And then there are parts of other states, Alabama and some other places where you will find it. But of those places that have it, it is by far more expected here. Uh, when you have people like Brian Furman moving in, he didn't have it on his menu at first. He, he's, you know, South Carolina, <clears throat> South Carolina Savannah, his background, you're expecting more barbecue hash over rice, which is, I think, what he had when he originally opened. But he soon found out he needed to add stew. I think the Fox Brothers were the same way. You know, Brunswick stew, they don't do that in Texas. They do beans. This is Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We'll continue with more of our conversation about Atlanta barbecue. But first, here's more of our list of things to do and see. Folks strolling the Atlanta Botanical Garden will be met with humongous metal sculptures sprinkled throughout. A bouquet of flowers rises more than 30 feet out of a fountain, a similarly impressive tower of cranes reaches skyward, and a 7,500-pound gleaming white pegasus is poised to take flight above the trees of Bentown. Even the garden's beloved topiary earth goddess gets into the act, cradling a metal peace crane in her outstretched hand. They're among the 70 graceful metal renderings of origami birds, butterflies, and flowers spread among 19 installations by artist Kevin Box in Origami in the Garden. Read our interview with the artist and learn about how he creates these monumental sculptures in our story on AJC.com. In 2009, when basic cable reality TV was ascendant, MTV hit the jackpot with Jersey Shore, which unleashed what would become household names like Snooki and The Situation upon an unsuspecting world. A summer home full of hilarious characters who would get drunk and clash and party and just be absurd. MTV has since replicated that formula with Floribama Shore and now Buckhead Shore. 
Parker Lipman of the Zaxby's fast food chain, who's in his early 20s, has a group of eight close friends who live in and around Buckhead and join him every summer at his family's lake house in Lake Burton, 100 miles northeast of Atlanta. He pitched the show with his on-again, off-again girlfriend, Katie Canham, an MTV bit. This was taped largely last summer. Get acquainted with the rest of the cast in Rodney Ho's preview on the Georgia Entertainment Scene blog at AJC.com. Now it's time for this week's adoptable pet from the folks at Lifeline, who run the Fulton and DeKalb shelters along with the Lifeline Community Animal Center. The folks at the shelter aren't sure if Campbell is a dog or a gargoyle. All they know is that he is so cute they can't stand it. This happy chap is around four years old and is the life of the party. He wants to meet everyone all at once and has more than enough love to go around. He knows some basic cues already, like sit and shake, and he is ready, willing, and able to test all the snacks for your safety. He is available at the Fulton County Animal Shelter. You'll find a photo of Campbell and a link for more info on the story page for this podcast on AJC.com. Ocean Breeze, Tropical Beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Access Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The facts matter now more than ever. Get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution so you know what's really going on. And you're helping us fulfill our mission to bring you the news that's important to you. And now, for a limited time, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents. Politics, investigations, breaking news, sports, dining, and of course, all the arts and entertainment coverage I talk about each week in the podcast. And it's all less than a dollar. It's our best offer of the year for the best journalism in Atlanta. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to get unlimited digital access for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to join the community for just 99 cents. Let's continue our conversation about Atlanta barbecue. We know that barbecue encompasses every region, right? And it's also not even unique to the United States. But... Um, barbecue in America is the focus of your new book, Smoke Lore, mm-hmm. a short history of barbecue in America. So tell me a little well, bit about the goal almost, with your almost book. Almost 270 pages. Yeah, okay. Some people have told me, a yeah, short. that's not very short. <laughs> All right. So tell me about the book, uh, the, your goal for the book. Uh, and the book is essential. I mean, it is a history of barbecue in America. It is not a cookbook, although there are 26 recipes. It is not a travel guide to the best barbecue around, uh, although there are lots of good barbecue places mentioned in there. It is primarily a cultural history of this most American f- of foods. And it is not simply Southern. It is all over the place. There is barbecue history in every corner of this country. So tell me about uh, something that might have surprised you in, in your research. What did you unearth that was uh, well, a discovery the, for well, you? Well, one of the things that surprised me a little bit is, you know, 
We think of barbecue now as uh, denoting a restaurant or uh, being something that you cook in your backyard. A hundred years ago, it wasn't that at all. There weren't restaurants and there there weren't backyard cookers. Barbecue back then meant a big event. It was like a political barbecue or a fundraiser or a church reunion barbecue, something like that. Um, One of the things that really nationalized barbecue was when it moved into the backyard, when when smokers and cookers and brick pits were getting built and all that, mostly right after World War II was the period where that really flourished. I had just to sort of assume that like so many things in barbecue, that that flowed out of the traditional barbecue homelands of the South and Texas. It did not. Backyard barbecue cooking is very much a creature of California. Fascinating. It came out of Sunset Magazine, and uh, the whole uh, Sunset Magazine was a magazine founded by the Union Pacific Railroad to try to promote the West Coast for tourists and for people moving out there. And in the 19-teens and 20s, they started promoting this idea of cooking on brick pits in your backyard. And it had nothing to do with Southern or Texas barbecue traditions. It was all inspired by Mexican rancheros. And I, I love that story because... It was something I didn't know about barbecue, and it also shows you that there are different branches on this barbecue family tree, and they don't all come from a pig in Georgia. <laughs> uh, that's a, that is really fascinating. So I can't let you off the hook without asking you right now, where is your favorite place to eat barbecue? In Atlanta or anywhere? Let's, uh, well, I would like to focus you in Atlanta, but maybe we can say two things. What's your favorite place in Atlanta? And then if you're outside the state uh, and you're going to make a pit stop somewhere, or what's worth the drive? Well, my God, this is the, this is the most difficult I know. question I to answer. I know. people ask because, me that question. Because too. it actually depends on what you're looking on. The best pork sandwich I've ever had is at Payne's Barbecue in Memphis. Uh, in a little converted gas station on the south side of Memphis near the Stax Museum, uh, which is a nice, it's a good confluence of things that are near and dear to me. Um, but in in Georgia, my single favorite barbecue place is Fresh Air in Jackson. What's your order? Because Well, it's the barbecue plate. It's chopped barbecue okay. with Brunswick stew on the side, and usually there's some white bread. And, you know, do I think, do I necessarily think it's the best barbecue on earth? No. But, but barbecue, probably more so than even a lot of other foods, is so much about your memory and your associations. And fresh air, I associate it with fun. I, one of my favorite uncles when I was growing up was Uncle Earl, who was a gifted stewmaker. And he was a career Air Force officer down in, at Robbins Air Force Base in Warner Robbins. And when he would come to see us, he would often stop at Fresh Air or another place nearby there called Stodge Hills, and he would bring us barbecue. And Uncle Earl was the uncle who told you dirty jokes. So (laughs) I associate with that barbecue uh, with with fun times. Also, I love the place. It's the second oldest barbecue place in Georgia. It was founded in 1929. It's uh, it's just a a wonderful, rustic place on the side of the road uh, on US 23. And it's... um, you know, and it's got one of my favorite names, barbecue. I love some of the barbecue names, Fresh Air. I mean, you know, it's, it's not Terry Gross. It's, it's it's a barbecue place. And, you know, uh, Fresh Air in Georgia is a great name. Uh, Dreamland 
in Alabama is a wonderful name. Short Sugars in North Carolina is oh, a, a very me, evocative. I mean, there's so many. And, and that's one of the things that we all love about barbecue. Some of the chain barbecue that's come along has actually been is, is quite good. Jim and Nick's is good. Uh, uh, City Barbecue out of Ohio, that chain is very good. Uh, but what we really prize about barbecue is the uh, individuality and eccentricity and the, the sort of folk artiness of it. So, uh, Jim, thank you so much for joining me. I know that you could talk barbecue all day. And in fact, if folks want to hear more from um, Jim Akmudi, you can see him when he makes an author appearance at the Atlanta History Center Thursday, May 23rd, to discuss his new book, Smoke Lore, A Short History of Barbecue in America. And you can reserve your ticket at atlantahistorycenter.com. But I'm also doing a talk about a month later on Tuesday night, uh, uh, June 25th, at the uh, Carter Library. And that one's going to be very interesting because it's very specifically about uh, politics and barbecue. I could have written a whole book about politics and barbecue. It is a rich, rich subject. I betcha. To produce the Spring Dining Guide, the AJC team hit dozens of barbecue places and ate a lot of smoked meat. I'm here with my fellow dining critic, Wendell Brock, who I now refer to as Swindle. Hello. Hello. We're going to talk... We have to talk about highlights from our research. Yes. Okay. Can you so you speak pig Latin? Oink oink. I don't know. I, not, not, Miss, you, can I call you Miss Piggy? You can call me Lagaya Pigaris. <laughs> okay. Or Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy will do. Okay, Swindle. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. All right. Let's get to the meat of the matter. I think that you and I put miles and miles on our car. We put pounds of meat in our belly. What are some of the most interesting things that you learned in the course of your barbecue research for the dining guide? Um, Really, I was, um, one thing that struck me is how Atlanta barbecue restaurants are very different from restaurants outside the city. The ones in town tend to try to do a lot of things and a lot of different styles and have beer and cocktails and desserts. And the ones outside the city are much more traditional and really focused on the old school pork plate with stew, Brunswick stew. In North Georgia, they don't even say Brunswick stew, they just say stew. And that's really the focus. So it really kind of um, registered with me what Georgia style is. Right. That's and what it made really... me it made me appreciate that because I, I, I didn't know how to define Georgia, Georgia style as opposed style. to it's become, yeah. at, what's happening in exactly. Atlanta. Yeah. That's a really interesting and observation. They, they're not, you know, they don't have tons of sides. They never have. They never will. They don't care. So it makes it kind of easy. And I really love just a pork plate with stew and coleslaw, which is all some of the places have. And I like kind of mixing it together. One of the fun things about barbecue restaurants is uh, how its color and character give the place so much uniqueness. Which restaurants uh, that you visited sort of jump out at you as as being filled with character? Well, I really love Fresh Air, which is in Jackson. The business they've been in business since 1929. I think that particular structure is from the 40s, and it's knotty pine. They used to have sawdust on the floors. Uh, they used to order from a window outside and eat at picnic tables. All that is still there, but you can eat inside. And it's one of the places where they just do um, pork and stew and coleslaw, and that's it. But I happened to be kind of snooping around, and the pitmaster saw me and sort of like motioned me in and showed me the actual 
Um, he called it the famous runway because they have a, a wood fire and the smoke goes through this little chamber, this tunnel or runway into the pit where all the, the hams cook. Basically, you can order three, you can order a sandwich or you can order a pork plate with um, coleslaw or without, and that's it. So they have these old um, cardboard cardboard pictures of the plates that look like they've been there for 50 years. And that's just like, you know, vintage Americana. And, um, and tell me about Sconyers. You said the you, ladies wear long yes, colonial-style dresses. The women <laughs> wear colonial dresses, which are – it's not explained why. Why are they dressed this way? The place is really almost like a, this family farm-type setting. It's not its first location. Actually, it's its third location. And the owner used to be, for, for a time period, he was the uh, mayor of Augusta. Um, I love that they serve uh, Captain John Deere good old – fashioned bread in a bag it's it's at the table when you sit down that's the first thing that you get is like what, this loaf of bread, bread? Was a lo- captain okay. john deere so it's like white bread it doesn't look white it's like a yellow bread but it doesn't say okay. it's potato bread okay um they also you're talking about signs they have a drive-through and you have to it, you you drive down this gravel road the sign is super old. Now their menu is a little bit bigger than you know some what you were talking about. But then after you place your order, you continue driving, and then there's a loop, and you pick it back up. But you feel like it is like a farm drive-through, and the place is massive. They have six different dining rooms, tons of memorabilia. So it's a yeah, it's I a fun. Go there. You, I've never yeah, been no, there. yeah. I go for sure. Now I will tell you, so. two, there's two other places that I, I think, as far as character-wise, on the way back. We stopped at a place called Heavy's Barbecue, and that's in Crawfordville. Have you ever been there? I have not. Okay, that's off the beaten path. Heavy's. Swindle, you have to go. <laughs> okay. All right. It was the filming scene for the movie Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. It is stuck in time. It really, really is. There's that's animals taxidermied on the walls inside. Life is a little bit slow there. Uh, but you know, it's it, it has a lot of character. And have you ever gone to Southern Soul in uh, Yes, I in love Saint Simon? I love that place. I do too. It's super colorful. It's fun. It, you know, it's in the old converted gas station, and even its location across the street from from the airport, and it's just yeah. right near this roundabout. There's all this busy traffic happening. Everybody's sitting outside. License plates tacked up too. Yeah. Um, the sides to are the great. Sides. It's fun it's near the beach. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. There's a lot I love of fun it. there. Yeah, it's a good restaurant. Um, one thing, I, one difference I noticed in the in-town places and the ones outside the city. In North Georgia, I want to talk about desserts now. Okay. So, as you know, banana pudding is the big thing in Atlanta. Um, out, and, and these places out in the country that I went to, they're really big into layer cakes. And they always have the, you know, the cake sliced and plated on little styrofoam plates covered in plastic, lined up, so they're very colorful. And the kids always go for the strawberry layer cake, and there's a key lime-flavored cake. I like caramel cake, so, and uh, it was it, it, that just kind of jumped out at me as something that, that was different. Now, but we skipped over one thing that um, I think is barbecue wouldn't be the same without the sides. And I wonder if you have any favorite spots in Atlanta for sides. Yeah, I could just go to Fox Brothers, and I sometimes do, and just have a plate of sides. I mean, I like their collards and their mac and cheese. How do you want your collards? They, um, I want them with some meat right, in there, huh? me some, too. Yeah, some me too. pork, and 
Um, I want them kind of tangy and a little. It's okay if they're a little bit sweet. Okay. So if you if you add vinegar at some point, mm-hmm. you know, um, theirs are good. And they also do fried okra in yes. season. Yeah. And it's um, is it the whole pods? I think they they slice, but they slice them lengthwise. I think I'm not sure about that, but it's it's really good fried okra. Nice. You know, and, yeah, go, go ahead. And they also have great pimento cheese, and they make, these are not sides, but they could be, make, right? In the South, pimento cheese can be a side. So, yes, yeah. yes. Well, I, when I discovered the um, mac and cheese at uh, Sam's One in Cobb, I really like that. Have you had it before? It is, it's made with ziti, and I like that. It's different. It's not the typical macaroni. Yeah. I, it's just so good. Good. And, um, you we know. We reviewed that place. Yes, Yes. Last year. So. <laughs> the uh, the and all the trophies on the wall there. Yeah. Remember? Well, he's a he's a historic person. Yes, I know. Everybody likes Atlanta. to talk about yeah. the big breakup. Yeah. Um, the other place I like at Heirloom, the kimchi slaw and the cucumber radish salad are really yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, everybody knows about that those. But is good. and then I know maybe it's not a side, but I'm such a bread person. When you sit down at Jim and Nick's and they give you that basket of cheese biscuits, that is the best way to start that a meal. Sounds good. Yes. But well, you right. don't want to fill up on the bread. Though. I know. I know. <laughs> Gotta I save know. room for the big, dessert. the main thing, right? Well, and dessert too. So. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think I've gained about 10 pounds. How, what, 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 have you? I think I've gained about 20 pounds. <laughs> so, well, it was worth it. It was worth it. This yeah, was a lot it was of fun. fun. Wendell Brock, thank you so, much, so much for fun. talking thank with you. me. All thank right. You. And on to the next adventure. Can't wait. On June 2nd, Arts Bridge Foundation, which provides arts education and community engagement programming to Georgia students, announced the two high school students who will represent Georgia at the National High School Musical Theater Awards, also known as the Jimmy Awards. The recent graduates were treated to a pampering at the Elaine Sterling Institute as a send-off for the awards at the end of June. Students at ESI, a beauty school which focuses on cosmetology, aesthetics, and nail care, celebrated the achievements of Georgia Thomas, a graduating senior at Greater Atlanta Christian School in Norcross, and graduating senior Eli Talley of Ringgold High School in Ringgold. The Jimmy Awards are presented by the Broadway League, the same trade association behind the Tony Awards. Get the story of their spa day and their upcoming trip to New York in our story on AJC.com. When Billy Sunday Burt, Georgia's deadliest killer, wasn't smuggling pills from Mexico, running moonshine, robbing banks, burning down buildings for insurance money, or carrying out contract killings, he had a family life. He married childhood sweetheart Ruby Nell in 1954 when he was 17 and she was 12. They settled in Barrow County and had five children, three boys and two girls. He named all the boys Billy. His oldest son, Billy Stonewall Burt, who goes by Stoney, revered his father. Stoney, now 62, said he knows his father was a gangster, but he was also a great father and the fastest moonshine driver in North Georgia. Billy Burt's youngest son, Billy Shenandoah Shane Burt, believes his father's name was a curse. Shane, now 50, said Stoney's description of Billy Burt's moonshine running life makes it seem like a fun episode from the Dukes of Hazard. It wasn't. Quote, he was evil, said Shane. Read the fascinating tale of the late Bert and his divided family in a story from Bo Emerson in this week's Sunday Living and Arts section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on June 26. You'll also find it online at AJC.com and in the Sunday e-paper. 
If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, so you'll never miss an episode. And you'll be among the first to hear our new format when we relaunch in late summer. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Ewan. And I'm your host and the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more great interviews and events. Ocean Breeze, Tropical Beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.